Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Oh, hey, before we start the show, i got to tell you about the Allegedly podcast with my lawyers, Bo Bowen and Ryan Schmidt. They got pop culture, they got legal news, they got behind-the-scenes antics, and a whole lot of laughs. One of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Allegedly with Bo and Ryan at thebowenlawgroup.com. Link in the description and everywhere you get your podcasts, of course. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, May 23, 2023. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 853 of the Biden-Harris administration, 532 days until the 24th presidential election. Instagram, my handle is the Bob Seska. That's where you can find me. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. Spoutable, Bob Seska. Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah, that's her. You've said it all. Good day. I I, I told you, that's Martha Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Just got a copy of Sports Illustrated. I know what you're talking about. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. Hi, Hi. everybody. Uh, He's Bob. I'm Buzz. And we just barely got by the paparazzi. (laughs) (laughs) Had to kick some ass a little bit there. Lucky to be alive. Uh, Well, this is it. Uh, This is the week Florida Governor Ron DeSantis throws his tinfoil hat into the ring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, related, uh, this week, a Disney scrapped plans to move its Imagineering division from California to Florida. That, that's off. After learning that DeSantis had outlawed imagining. <laughs> uh, by the way, I don't know if anyone's keeping score at home. That's my favorite joke today. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a piece of advice, a warning kind of for everybody. It's yeah. it's never a good idea to look at presidential polls this far out from the election. The only polls you should trust right now are the ones conducted by Family Feud. (laughs) Survey says! Republican politicians in seven states now have laws to imprison librarians over certain books. I I think I figured out why. They're going to need something to read when they go to prison. (laughs) Don't you think? They don't read... Uh, the state of Montana has outlawed TikTok, as you may have heard. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, what you may not have heard is Montana didn't stop there. They also banned them newfangled cordless phones. <laughs> 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 
forget it. That that sounds like a Letterman joke. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, the uh, the movie and TV writers strike yeah. has the network scrambling for more reality shows. Yeah. Ah, I hate that. Yeah. More reality shows this fall because of the strike. ABC is actually planning. This is true. A- ABC actually planning a series called Senior Bachelor, <laughs> featuring single senior citizens. <laughs> Two words, ladies. Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> All right, here we go. MNTN Mike on Twitter. Follow him now. Boy, that was a good one. Beautiful. Masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. I got an angry email from Mike the other day saying, hey, why did you play Drag Ron? And I said, I, did I get Drag Ron? And I said, oh, shit, I did. Oh, <laughs> I did, and I a, forgot. It got lost a, in the mix somewhere. A yeah. communications breakdown. Well, it got here now, and uh, that's that's where the replay. I, I like that a lot. So, yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis a little bit later on in the show. Plus, we're going to talk about him a lot on the Shadow Docket portion of the show on our Patreon page. Right. And you know what that address is, Patreon.com com slash Bob Seska show sign up now okay so where do we start here lots of things to get to today buzz uh a big stuff yeah a Nazi drove a u-haul into the barriers outside the White House is that what happened it, it, it's certainly the appearance of it uh there's a lot we don't know as we record this show today but we do know this a 19 year old uh, white guy from Missouri uh, <laughs> drove a, a rented u-haul truck that thank goodness was empty. Uh, into the barriers that protect the White House. The barriers did their job. No one was injured. Uh, The man's been arrested for uh, a number of things, including uh, posing a threat to the president and or vice president of the United States. And we know that the truck was emblazoned uh, for a bit with a Nazi flag, with a flag with a swastika on it. Um, And... There is, although there is much we don't know about this story yet, I think we can conclude that this is part of the sort of neo-Nazi, white supremacist, white nationalist, Christian nationalist violence that, that we see more and more of every day. Yeah. And if nothing else, it is a terrorist act. Uh, even if there were no explosives aboard that truck, the purpose of this 
was to induce terror, to say, yeah. we're Nazis, we're here, and we're not going anywhere. Which doesn't rhyme, but they're going with it anyway. Right, right. And they've already implemented all kinds of security measures outside the White House. It's kind of a futile effort to try something like that. I mean, even, uh, I think it was certainly after 9-11, they expanded their security measures. There were a couple of situations where there were fence jumpers. I think there were at least one or two during Obama's two terms. I think there was one during Trump's one loser term. And one six uh, hasn't caused them to stand down any. I think, yeah. uh, if anything, security's been increased since the insurrection. So uh, it's nothing is impenetrable. For every lock, there is a key. Uh, for every system, there's a, a failure. Uh, so, but we, uh, as much as can reasonably be done has been done. And fortunately, in this uh, circumstance, the situation, uh, the system worked. Back in my day, Buzz, terrorists would uh, <laughs> fly airplanes onto the White House lawn and try to do yeah, that. But now it's just U-Hauls. So it's they're yeah. kind of taking a step down, isn't well, that? Well, budget, you know, it's budget cuts. <laughs> budget you gotta, cuts, it's, it's inflation, right? All the terror money is going to the top 1% now. <laughs> That's right. Oh, crap. All right. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye on that story, obviously, as details uh, come in sure. here to our we mentioned to our it newsroom. Because people, we mentioned <laughs> yeah. it because people are talking about it, thinking about it, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's nothing we can even spend a lot of time on, but we wanted to acknowledge it. And I, I wanted to make note of it because, uh, again, another Nazi click yeah. you know, or, or wannabe Nazi. And I think this is the sort of shape that... If there is some sort of coming uh, a violent conflict between the various political factions in this country, this is how it's going to kind of look. Um, yeah. we're, we're talking about things like that, things like mass shootings and so on. We're not talking about the traditional view of a fighting civil war, a hot civil war, this, where you've got yeah. two armies uh, marching against each other in a field somewhere in Pennsylvania. It's more about these acts of terrorism. It's more about sort of what you would consider to be guerrilla warfare, in a sense. Right, right. And uh, I don't say exactly. any of this lightly. Obviously, this is uh, very, very people, bad news. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, a large number of people could be killed by any number of these attempts or these incidents. Today's uh, was not uh, threatening in that way. It was not lethally threatening. But uh, the next one could be and there have been those before it that were yeah. uh but it, it, this is uh, this is just a way of of reminding us hey we're out here uh yeah. you know and we're not going anywhere well you know I, I hope that changes i think there's a small amount but i think this is this kind of as you were saying if there's going to be a civil war you're looking at it yeah uh uh dear martha <laughs> uh, a guy a guy drove a truck into a concrete barrier today other than that pretty quiet do that again, and we'll have some music with it. Dear Martha, <laughs> I'm writing you from the front where a guy drove his truck into a concrete barrier today. <laughs> no one was injured. God will, when will this war ever end? <laughs> Yours, <laughs> William. <laughs> okay, awesome. That was outstanding. Thank you. Yeah, I bet you didn't know you were going to do a dramatic no, performance I, today, I, did I didn't. you? No, I didn't, and it showed, didn't it? Uh, but, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, I think I think you said it. This is the kind of civil yeah. war we're looking at, in, in and some of it could be quite deadly. Today's wasn't, uh, yeah. but I we need to make note of these things because it's, it's another seemingly Nazi-related incident. I mean, this may be a stupid question, Buzz, but say you're, uh, you're a news executive at Fox <laughs> News Channel or Newsmax right. or one of these uh, awful, awful shithole websites like Breitbart. Yeah. Oh. At some point, do you go, 
hey, you know, we're inciting all this violence with our insanely over-the-top conspiracy theories and disinformation and propaganda, our attacks against the Democrats and so on. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Is that ever a point of conversation that's ever going to come up in any of these news organizations? And I say news organizations using the loosest possible definition of news. Not as long as the revenue is there. Not as long as the, and you know, profits, it's difficult to put a, a finger on it. You know, Fox is slippery in the sense that it gets some money from cable companies and yeah. it gets some money from advertisers. And uh, you, so it, it's hard to, you can't say, well, they did it for ratings or they did it for profit. Uh, they're doing it for revenue. The bottom line is it, it is money that drives this. So if you're that guy, if I'm that guy at that network, and, you know, obviously we're talking crazy here, but whoever would be in that position, if you were faced with this, it would depend on on your, your character uh, in part, but also it would depend on your desire to continue to feed your family. And, uh, you know, not that a lot of these folks have, have that to worry about, but they're protective of their careers and their their income. And if the boss says the revenue is good, uh, then you don't change anything. Yeah, yeah. Now, the- now, 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 courts can shape that, of course. I think the recent rulings we've seen, I think Fox is and will continue to be more careful about certain things. They won't change their stripes. They'll continue to be Fox. They'll continue to spew the BS. But they're going to be more careful about uh, things like uh, slander and libel and uh, publishing false information. Well, they'll continue to do that, but uh, the courts have warned them, have provided sort of uh, uh, lanes for them to stay within. I don't know that they'll ever depart from this, just answering my own question. I think if their brand is wrapped around disinformation and propaganda, they have no choice but to continue doing that. In fact, I feel as though Fox News in particular is going to become more and more extreme as time goes on, not less extreme, Uh. especially coming out of all of this turmoil internally and externally with uh, lawsuits and firings and so on, uh, losing a lot of their viewership to some of these other awful uh, disinformation networks. Yeah. And so in that regard, I think as they start to replace certain staff members, I know I think the latest rumor going around is that Laura Ingram is has either been fired or is due to be fired any minute. Right. That's that's been a resurfacing and and uh, submerging theory for months now. Yeah, yeah. But she's going to be replaced by someone who's probably more extreme like either Greg Gutfeld or Jesse Waters or one of those kinds of people, people who you can very easily insert whatever word into their mouths that you well, want them to say, no matter how extreme or ridiculous. So, and there doesn't seem to be any shortage of those people. And no, no. like I said, I, I, I made it a point to say that uh, Fox will not change its stripes. It yeah. will continue to lie. It will continue to publish uh, disinformation. But I think uh, the courts are providing guardrails that it has to stay within certain means to avoid uh, to avoid losing millions more in lawsuits. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think a directive from the top is that you know, uh, what we've learned in court is we can't do A, B, and C. Well, that list could grow. Will they ever change their stripes? No. I, I was, I, you know, I want to be clear about that. Yeah. But yeah. but I, I do think that they, they are going to have to be more careful. And just the fact that they have to watch themselves in those regards is pleasing to me. Well, related to that, they are losing their viewers. They are oh, losing God, yes. their most loyal viewers to Newsmax and some of the others, mainly because right. of some of the decisions that have happened some of the news that's come out from the Dominion lawsuit and elsewhere. Plus, there's this other story that's been circulating this week, and it comes to us from a far-right publication called The Daily Signal. 
All right. And this reporter, and again, I'm using all these news terms very, very loosely when it comes to these far-right websites. Right. But the Daily Signal published an article in which they reported on a leaked Fox News employee handbook. Those of you who have seen the video I posted today on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok know exactly what I'm talking about. Let me me make a note here. Top 10 rules in Fox employee handbook. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'll try to have that ready for next week. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is shocking, and there's all kinds of outrage about this happening on the Trump side of things, on the Republican side of things, on the extremist side of things. Fox News employees are allowed to use, and this is how the article starts out, Fox News Uh employees are allowed to use bathrooms that align with their gender identity rather than their biological sex and permitted to dress in alignment with their preferred gender. They must also be addressed by their preferred name and pronouns, pronouns in the workplace. Again, I remind you, this is the Fox News Channel employee handbook. Fox. Fox. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That one. Yes. These are just a few of the policies outlined in the company handbook dated January 2021, a copy of which was shared with The Daily Signal. Fox also offers to help employees come up with a, quote, workplace transition plan to ease their gender transition at work under the category gender transition. Fox's employee handbook promises that the company is dedicated to expanding and strengthening, that's a quote, efforts to, quote, sustain a more inclusive work environment, unquote. The Fox employee handbook is posted on Workday, where employees can see company guidelines or policies, former employee told the Daily Signal. Quote, employees who are transitioning their gender, I remind you, this is the Fox News Channel employee handbook, once again, Fox News Channel. Employees who are transitioning their gender have the right to be open about their transition if they so choose and to work in an environment free of harassment, discrimination, or retaliation and without fear of consequences or transphobia for living openly, the policy says. So that's a direct quote from, once again, the Fox News Employee Handbook. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Bob. Aren't they the channel that's against wokeness? Yes, they are, Buzz Burbank. Huh, that, that is... seems odd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're very much against wokeness. And you think maybe, you know, if you happen to be a Trump supporter, Fox News viewer tuning in to the, this podcast here, mm-hmm. let me ask you something. Do you get the sense you're being manipulated and deceived by your political and media cult leaders? Do you feel as though they're telling you one thing publicly and doing something that's absolutely the opposite thing behind closed doors? Let's go back to your original question. And first of all, I want to say, obviously, the handbook never applies to primetime hosts. It applies. <laughs> it may apply to everyone at Fox News except the primetime hosts. They always get a pass, yeah. uh, regardless of what the handbook says. But uh, th- this goes back to, to what you were saying. Your question from before is, uh, will this hurt Fox? And, and my answer is, again, revenue. When if if in fact uh, they do lose their audience, despite their efforts to lie their very bestest, uh, mm-hmm. if they do lose audience and they 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 begin and they lose more lawsuits, which they're expected to do, uh, they could be driven out of business. Will they change their stripes? Probably not. Could they go away? Well, the way things are going, very possibly. Yeah. If 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 revelations like this cause even more people to abandon Fox News, 
and they very well could, especially if we give that a push, mm -hmm. uh, then uh, they're going to be in serious trouble uh, because yeah. they do have to have viewers, if, if nothing else, and subscribers to their app and all of that in order to continue to make money. And, and uh, when they stop making money, that's when they'll stop doing this. It's all about the revenue. Here's one last piece of this article worth sharing. It says here, yeah. citing the human rights campaign. One yes. of the most prominent LGBTQ organizations in the country, <laughs> the Fox News Channel Employee Handbook. Have I mentioned that it's the Fox News Employee Handbook? <laughs> because it is. The Fox News Employee Handbook defines a slew of LGBTQ terms, including cisgender, gender expression, gender fluid, gender identity, gender nonconforming, gender transition, LGBTQ, non-binary, and transgender. We here at the Bob Seska Show, and by extension, Trek Politics yes. with Marielle Trump and Bob Seska, I see. applaud Fox News yes. Channel for its immense wokeness. Yes, thank you. Well done, Fox News Channel. Keep going. You're doing great. I, I didn't see that coming. In fact, I, it's so hard for me to get past the, the, the name of the topic here. Just these words together make me laugh. Fox Employee Handbook. I That's all. I, I can't stop laughing about that. <laughs> me too. Yeah. I, wow. did, my video today, the video I posted on the various social media platforms, I did a whole switcheroo. I did a plot twist in this video. Well, don't give it away. Well, okay. All right. Well, but you know that it's Fox News. And what I did is I pretended as though it were the Disney employee handbook. And then I said, oops, oops, we're getting a word from our control booth. No, I was wrong. It was the Fox News employee handbook. Well, I want to see it anyway. Yeah, okay. Go watch it. Don't, don't let my, my spoiling... Uh, keep you from checking out the video and so you've given away the whole movie bob i have i'm sorry i should have got to give spoiler warnings to my own work now i guess all right so that is that we uh again uh shocked to see that fox yeah. news channel is embracing wokeness i think it's a yeah. good thing and spread i hope the they word. keep going spread, yeah. the, spread the word because i think <laughs> yeah. more fox viewers need to know how woke fox news is well and also i think they understand implicitly behind the scenes that they need to implement policies like this for their employees Legal. otherwise oh no they're going to get sued that's what this is all about. I mean, yeah. they got to they got to try to mitigate the lawsuits. They got to try to hang on to their viewers. They they're spinning a number of plates at the same time. Uh, so far, so good. But I don't see how they can survive this long term. Especially the more, <laughs> to borrow an NBC phrase, the yeah. more you know about right. Fox News, uh, the the more uh, unattractive it becomes to MAGA. Yeah. Well, the more people run over to the other competing networks right the true. more likely fox news will be to hire some more extreme people like i wouldn't be surprised if some point steve bannon ends up on fox news channel i wouldn't be surprised at some point like someone like charlie kirk or candace owens or ben shapiro for that matter maybe even michael knowles or matt walsh ends up on fox news channel i mean i'm not gonna step out and make that a full-on prediction Good, but if it sure. were to happen, 
good I shouldn't is that what you said right. yeah yeah right <laughs> you don't think that's yeah. gonna, you don't think that's possible well, I, I, I think it's possible I don't think it's likely okay. uh, you know I, I mean like I said they will continue to be the animal that they are for as long as the money holds out yeah, uh, yeah. I, that's why I, I think all I'm saying really all I mean to say is uh, neither one of us should make predictions uh, probably yeah, at this yeah. point about what 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 happens there um, I'm just saying if this continues at the pace that it is it would seem likely that they would drive themselves out of business and I can't see them allowing that to happen to them that's yeah, a big yeah. money maker and and it continues to the infrastructure remains uh to, to continue to make money there in some form or fashion so yeah uh, I, I think it would be scary to, to make any prediction at this point well what's truly scary is that the debate has become so extreme in this country at least when yes. it comes to the right side of things that side of the aisle right. that it's too extreme for fox news that's an amazing statement. Like Fox News isn't extreme enough for its own audience now, where right. they have to become more extreme in order to retain their audience. But there's a lot of toothpaste to shove back in the tube because this Daily Signal piece about the Fox News Channel employee handbook. Spread the word, kids. Yeah, but that thing is circulating all over the place. I found that story on that Help website, it. Memorandum. And the other websites that were linking to that story, Red State, Town Hall, places like good. that, good, they're good, good. all talking about it. They're all screaming about how woke Fox News Channel is. And I'm happy to stoke that fire. I'm happy to inflame that whole thing going on among the Red Hats. I'm fine with that because they deserve the internal civil war. If anyone You know what's does. interesting? Yeah. I, I, here's a prediction I, I will make uh, gently, and that is... Is yeah. that I don't see I even though Fox may lose audience to these other networks uh, mm. in Newsmax and, and the rest uh, I don't ever see any one of them becoming as big as Fox was or yeah. is in its heyday uh, that I, I think maybe that era has passed especially with the splintering of the mega audience but also at the same right. time I, they can't duplicate or they would have a difficult time duplicating the kind right. of infrastructure and the kind of creative environment that right. uh, that Roger Ailes has manufactured there. Right. Even though he's no longer with us, uh, he was one of the biggest villains of our time, for he sure. Shaped that, he shaped that place with, under, yeah. with the tutelage and with the assistance of Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, it, it was Ailes who shaped that place. I mean, all you can do is make a copy of a copy of a copy. Right. And you're going to lose some of the luster in that process, mm -hmm. as illustrated in the Michael Keaton movie, Multiplicity. <laughs> if you make it, enough it, copies of something, it goes way off the rails by the third or fourth copy. It degrades each time. Yeah. It's not as true in the digital world, but it was that way when we worked with tape, audio tape. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you make a copy of a copy of a copy, and it would get worse every time, the quality mm -hmm. of it, the audio quality. And and uh, although that happens on a microscopic scale with digital uh, files, not nearly to the degree that it did with analog it but a copy of a copy of a copy does in fact as bob says here uh get watered down and uh weaken over time yeah but there's no lack of talent i think that can populate and i and i say talent just in the generic way i'm not saying that they're talented people i'm just saying that there are people who are available who right. can talk well into a camera 
which isn't that challenging a thing if you've done it long enough. So there are people who are willing to sell their souls for a large enough paycheck. So if Newsmag calls up news anchor X from local station, whatever, in Sheboygan, they'll say, oh, you're going to pay me how much to say what? Fine, I'll take that money. Give it to me. Come on, back up the truck and and dump it into my lawn. And and that's exactly how they end up populating uh, those other networks. And so it, it may not necessarily be one of those things where all of the Fox News people just jump ship and go over to Newsmax or something like that. Cause I don't think even Tucker Carlson's going to do that. Tucker is going to do his own thing on Twitter. Right. But there is other fresh talent in the waiting and there's an endless supply of that, unfortunately. And this is something that you and I have talked about buzz and we've witnessed firsthand where, you know, one of the examples, one of the sort of test markets for this process was guys in FM radio, especially FM warning radio realizing, oh shit, we can't really talk anymore on FM radio. So where's the talking happening? Oh, AM talk radio. Let's jump over there and we'll just exaggerate whatever values we have or take on all new values. It doesn't really matter as long as there's a paycheck in it. And suddenly we've got another crop of conservative talkers on AM talk radio. Right. And so uh, that sort of process continues on. What do you think? I was going to ask you uh, while we're talking about this, what do you think of uh, these auto manufacturers getting rid of uh, AM radios in the cars? Well, you know, again, for me, it's almost too early to tell. It's hard to say because, uh, first of all, uh, the explanation of what's happening here hasn't always been clear. I think uh, maybe as many as eight manufacturers say they will stop putting AM radios in electric cars. Oh. And the first thing you need to know about the reasoning there is electric car systems interfere with AM radio. It's very, very, very difficult to get an AM radio to work in an electric car. Wow. So it wasn't, it wasn't about uh, silencing the right wing. It wasn't about, uh, you know, denying minorities uh, airspace, uh, denying religious communities airspace. It wasn't about any of that. It, it's a technical problem primarily. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, people have so many other services they can listen on now. There are apps in cars now that allow you to listen to your music. And for that matter, talk shows like this one. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Uh, you know, so they, they thought, well, this would be this would be fine. You know, progressive people buying electric cars won't miss AM radio. And there's been an uprising, and it it, it concerns me. I, I'm the voice of an AM radio station. It's what we call a flamethrower. <laughs> you can hear you can hear the the mighty 1630 KCJJ across the country uh, at night. <laughs> I love that station. And, yeah, and and, and 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 it's a wonderful station that yeah. serves its community so well. Yeah. And it's AM, and it would break my heart and uh, certainly the heart of the man who founded that radio station to to lose that that position so it's a and you know so many of us grew up with uh with uh wolfman jack and uh, casey Kasem and yeah. and our you know larry lujack and our favorite radio people uh in in the midwest we listened to wls at night from great distances away uh from chicago so uh you know there, there are a lot of memories and and our top 40 hits of the past and all that that's that's where that all lived and it would be very sad i guess that's my feeling is it would be sad if it went away. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's really going away. Uh, and like I said, with apps and stuff, I, I think this will all work out. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it is, it's a sad thing, even though it would reduce the market reach, the market share of some, uh, not some, a lot of conservative talkers. Right. It would also suck into its vortex radio shows like the Stephanie Miller show. Right. And right. that's what I worry about. I worry about Stephanie Miller. I worry about Tom Hartman. I worry about the fact that there are liberal talk radio shows that are still uh, broadcast on the AM band. And we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. It's the same right. when it comes to uh, advertiser boycotts on AM talk radio. Right. Once you start to boycott, say, the uh, advertisers on whoever's radio show, Dennis Prager, then suddenly those advertisers go, well, we're not going to buy any more time on AM talk radio anymore. And that ends right. up looping in shows like Stephanie Miller show. And right. so we have to be very careful when it comes to that. We have to be very careful about screwing over people who are friendlies when we're trying to go after the enemy, so <laughs> right, to speak. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch out for that friendly fire. We don't want to yeah. uh, take out anyone who's great like Stephanie. Well, the chips will fall where they will. Uh, and, but like I said, I think we're all prepared to adjust with that. You can still listen to Stephanie in your truck. So That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you get an electric truck. And then uh, you might have to bring a radio that will probably be more crackly than usual. And I just, I love the idea of broadcast radio. I love that it still exists. Well, I love it's that also... it's ubiquitous. You can get it anywhere. You don't have to pay a thing to listen to it. It's real. It's live. And uh, sadly, we've lost the local touch. And whether it's KCJJ or the first radio station I worked for out of college, WEEU in Reading, right. which was a full service AM radio station, which I would not be the person I am right now, at least professionally, were it not for that radio station and allowing me to do things outside of the box because it right. was a full service kind of personality, news, talk driven uh, platform. Well, and, yeah. Be honest, they you did things outside of the box and they forgave you for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Those things almost got me fired on several occasions. <laughs> Fortunately, I never was, but almost. Uh, on a tightly formatted radio station, I had just very cleverly found a way to break the format. And as soon as I finished the newscast and took out my headphones, the program director popped his head in the door and said, if that had been anybody else... <laughs> And, and then walked away. <laughs> Man, if I had been program director for some of the things that I almost got fired for, right. I would have I would have fired me for those things. There's one story in particular yeah. I've told. You're wiser now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Around, uh, it was a Christmas Eve thing. I was filling right. in overnight, Christmas Eve into Christmas morning, and I think I had a nervous breakdown or a stroke. One of the others, <laughs> and I did something that I should never have done, and I got in big trouble. The short form of it is, I did a, a live reading of It's a Wonderful Life, and I played all the parts. They did and the whole movie with all the parts. Yes. At 2 o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning. That was not a good, that was not a good choice. That I chose poorly when I decided to do that. <laughs> well, live and learn. Yeah, that was the first time I almost got fired. Thank you very much, but I did. But yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, a lot of, uh, well, I, I and a lot of other people got our starts in AM radio, so we always have a fond place in our heart <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I flow with technology changes. I listen to podcasts. You know, it's mm -hmm. you, can, you can adjust. That's the point. Yes, indeed. Well, more to talk about here on today's show. We haven't even uh, jumped into all of Trump's legal jeopardy as Jack Smith starts to 
go after the Trump organization on top of everything else. We're going to talk about that. Plus, Donald Trump knew that he couldn't keep the documents. Of course he knew that, but there's new uh, evidence uh, leading us to believe that, that investigators have their hands on now. I, I like to call it proof. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, we also want to talk about this uh, this Twitter hoax that happened using an AI photo of oh God, the yeah. Pentagon. And uh, a little bit of vindication for me. I'm going <laughs> to take some time to say, hey, you, you I, I was kind of right about this shit. You so, warned us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus E. Jean Carroll, uh, the 14th Amendment, and a whole lot more on today's wow. show. So please, yeah, stick around. So today's podcast is brought to you in part by the After Party on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth podcast for the week. But this one is completely different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is filled with all the politics that you crave, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives. Lots of ribaldry on the Friday After Party yes, podcast. You yes, you naughty. <laughs> SAT that word for me, please. Ribaldry. <laughs> It's all the crap we can't get away with on the free show, so please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just 10 bucks per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. BobSeskaShow.com, Patreon.com slash BobSeskaShow, and we thank you. Not available on AM. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah, my good friend Mike Farley uh, sent me this song. It's a brand new song from Brian Lissick. Yeah. Wow. We've been playing Brian Lissick since the very beginning of uh, our indie music here on the podcast. And I love this track. This is a cover of The Replacements, Alex Chilton. That's the name of the song. And of course, those of you who know, Alex Chilton was the genius behind the 70s band Big Star. And there's a song about him. We lost him way too soon. And if you don't know, by the way, if you don't know anything about Big Star, 
There's a couple of documentaries circulating out there. Uh, there's one really, really good one about Big Star and how tragic the story was behind this amazing rock and roll band huh. that did this incredible couple of albums that just suffered so greatly from shitty, shitty timing. It's one of those wow. things in entertainment where so much of entertainment and success in entertainment is about timing. Sure and is. Big Star just couldn't find the right timing, even though their music was immensely influential and uh, so influential that the replacements wrote a song about the lead guy from uh, uh, Big Star, Alex Chilton, and now Brian Lissick is covering that song. So how's that wow. meta for you? Well, huh? no, nobody can replace the replacements like Brian Lissick. <laughs> uh, right. no, that, that fairly rocks, doesn't it? Uh, that's a yeah. good driving song, right? I love that song, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, and I meant to say this earlier, Bob, and I never saw this coming earlier in my life, yeah. but here I am pushing 70 and standing on a corner screaming about Nazis. <laughs> that's how we started the show and and i just thinking back on it i thought well here i am you know it happened didn't see it coming but here we are yeah and kimberly yeah. and i were laughing about an email you sent me uh, over the weekend i'm putting together the audio elements for the forthcoming trek politics podcast with me and mary right. trump right. and i'm putting together the intro and since 1995 you've been doing all of my voiceovers for every single show i've ever done whether radio or podcasting minus one there was one show i did on an FM station in Allentown, Pennsylvania, that I didn't use your voice because I wasn't allowed to. But everything else oh. has had your voice on it. And you sent me some, uh, some line reads for my Trek Politics intro via email. And the subject line was, well, I'm retired, you see. Yeah, I had nothing else to do. I'm writing for Bob. I love that. I had to run right over to Kimberly's office and say, oh, you won't believe this uh, subject line that Buzz wrote. It's so funny. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Oh, my yeah. pleasure. I'm so excited about this show. I can't wait. So am I. Mary and I keep calling each other going, I can't believe we're doing this. This is amazing. Lots of people have been uh, hearing about it, too. It's Apparently the, so. The word is getting around, for sure. I can't go into yeah. details, but... People know about this podcast, so I hope uh, we don't end up disappointing everyone. I, yeah, think, I, I think I think it's going to be good. I think I can give this clue. Big eyes are on this show. <laughs> yes, okay? indeed. Big eyes are on this show. Yeah, our first show, our first episode, probably going to drop the first week of June. We're talking wow. to Terry Metalis, the great, the inimitable Terry Metalis. Uh, Director, showrunner of season three of Picard. Writer, yeah. Oh, my God. The visionary behind the awesomeness of uh, season three of Picard. The, uh, if not the best, one of the best seasons of Star Trek ever created. Writing I, that's up there with season two of Fargo, up there with Breaking Bad, up there with Better Call Saul. So tight, so perfect. And, and just as a Star Trek fan, I'm so grateful for all of it. Here, here's some Trek politics for you. I feel safer now <laughs> talking about Star Trek in public because, you know, for a while it was just a few of us. I, mean, yeah, I don't say yeah. few, it was a lot of us, but we were kind of off to ourselves. This thing has gone mainstream on yeah. Paramount Plus with the various Star Trek series and most especially uh, Picard Season 3, which rocketed into the top 10 of, mm -hmm. of everything streaming on, on video right now. Yeah. So it, it's like completely mainstream now. And so uh, please uh, talk about Star Trek openly and publicly, all, all that you'd like. Yeah, it landed in the top 10 
twice, I think. At least, yeah, at least twice. At yeah. least twice, maybe three. Yeah. I don't know. It's been there. Yeah. Which is a huge deal for Paramount because I think the only thing that popped into the top 10 prior to that was a, a single episode of Yellowstone, I believe. Right. But beyond that, I mean, Star Trek in the top 10, uh, Nielsen download ratings is just a gigantic big deal. Uh, and then That's also, so funny. yeah. And it's such a good way. It is. And also make sure to circulate the hashtag Star Trek Legacy. Hashtag Star Trek Legacy. That will continue the story of Captain Seven of Nine yes. aboard the Enterprise G. I cannot wait. Got to have more Shaw. Uh, yeah, Got to have Shaw. more Captain Shaw. And and uh, I, I, naturally, I would space on the actor's name right now. Todd Stashwick. Uh, Todd Stashwick, thank you. Yeah. Love this guy. Uh, I, I just finished watching a series on Apple TV uh, called The Last Thing He Told Me with Jennifer Garner. Uh-huh. And uh, Todd Stashwick has a smallish role, but a crucial role in this thing. And it was just delightful to see him again and in something else. But, but uh, Captain Shaw is how I... I always will think of Todd Stashwick, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's great. Uh, by the way, I noticed this week on Twitter he announced that he had voted in the uh, SAG AFTRA uh, voting to to see if the our union, the SAG AFTRA, is going to go out and strike in support of yeah. and on our own behalf. Uh, because what we're being threatened here with what what they're being threatened with really. The, the working actors and the working writers are all being threatened by being replaced by AI. Mm-hmm. And and that's what this is all about. This has really become the central issue. And certainly with the possible actor strike, the sag after strike, uh, it, it's about the AI as much as anything else. It's about being replaced by soulless machines yeah. uh, and, and in your arts and your entertainment. And uh, so uh, he announced that, uh, Todd Stashwick announced that he had uh, voted for the strike authorization for SAG-AFTRA. And I retweeted him and said, uh, because I, I didn't realize the voting was open, and I, I immediately got on the SAG-AFTRA website with my n- member number and my PIN number, and I voted yes. uh, along with all the other SAG-AFTRA members to authorize that strike. God, Stashwick has been in so many great things. Obviously, he was in Terry Metalis' previous show, 12 Monkeys, which went yeah. for four seasons. He was one of the leads in that. It's an amazing show. And I remembered Todd Stashwick going all the way back to The Riches, which was that amazing show. It lasted for about a season yes, and a half. It was one of those that. shows that got killed way too soon. It was Eddie Izzard and uh, Minnie Driver and uh, Todd Stashwick, of course. And the, the kid, God, the kids were great in that show, too. Yes. And it, it was about a, a family of Irish travelers. And they they scammed their way into uh, living in this uh, McMansion in a very wealthy part of this town and try to maintain that facade, uh, always one step ahead of people discovering that they were scam artists. And uh, Todd Stashwick played the villain, kind of, well, I guess you could say the villain in that show, (laughs) if there was a villain. Just so entertaining and such a great show. It's one of those shows we just got done watching, or I should say re-watching for the thousandth time, Freaks and Geeks, another Uh show that was killed way ahead of its time. So yeah, it's one of those kinds of shows that's like, oh my God, this is so good. How do they cancel it so soon? Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's that. And, and you were mentioning AI, so we might as well talk about this yeah. uh, this Twitter AI story, um, right? which I feel a little bit vindicated about because this is the kind of thing, sure. and I, I don't feel happy that this has happened. Don't get me wrong. No. But uh, this is the kind of thing I've been warning about. This is why I was making such a huge stink about the Twitter blue checks. 
A lot of people yeah. misinterpreted it. They thought yeah. it was maybe a vanity thing that that you were mad about uh, having your blue check taken away and that they were giving it to just anybody with eight bucks. And yeah. while that may be partly true, that wasn't your motivation. Yeah. And you have been vindicated here. You were simply trying to warn us all. And even I didn't get it at the very first, but I quickly caught on. Mm -hmm. It's certainly uh, well ahead of a lot of other people I still see out there yeah. who, who don't understand uh, the ramifications of, of how uh, Elon Musk has upended uh, the safeness of Twitter uh, by upending the blue check system. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, please remind us of, of what just happened this week. Yeah, so what happened was uh, a Twitter blue uh, subscribed account posing right. as the Bloomberg account. So on the surface, it looks legitimate. It looks like it's the Bloomberg account with the blue check next to it. Uh, circulated a photo and a fake news headline mm -hmm. that the Pentagon had been bombed or said there had been an explosion outside the Pentagon. Right. And I'll just say right off the top that anyone who saw the photo and who knows what the outside of the Pentagon looks like <laughs> Right. knew that it was fake because hey, even Ben Collins did a great video yesterday where he <laughs> illustrated the difference between a rectangle and a Pentagon uh, <laughs> in terms of the geometry. So this circulated and there was actual panic about that. So much yes. panic that it actually affected the stock markets. The stock markets yes. actually dipped on the news that the Pentagon had been bombed when it really hadn't been bombed. Right. Now, this photo obviously was manufactured using AI, but right. the thing that propelled that AI into becoming a viral thing on the internet is the fact that this fake Bloomberg account with its blue check had more reach, had more engagement because of the Twitter blue subscription. Right. So if you're a fake account, like this fake Bloomberg account, and you sign up, and anyone can do it, sign up for a Twitter blue account, that means you not only get that badge next to your name, the blue check, mm -hmm. but you also get increased circulation. So more people see your tweets more so than people who don't have a blue check or who aren't subscribed to Twitter right. blue. So right. you see how toxic this subscription process, this Twitter blue thing can become and how it's propelling disinformation. The okay. photo was spread by dozens of accounts on social media, including Russia Today, RT, right. a Russian state media Twitter account with more than 3 million followers. But the right. post has since been deleted. Most other accounts that retweeted the image appear to be affiliated with conspiracies or the war in Ukraine. Information about the purported explosion was shared by the Twitter account at Delta One at uh, 10.06 a.m. Eastern Time by 10.10. The market had fallen 0.26%, but quickly bounced back. Quarter of a, a little over a quarter of a percent. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this wasn't a catastrophic drop in the stock no, market. But, but, but it was a, investors believe it. Enough yeah. investors believed it that, that they took action accordingly. And uh, as Bob said, this thing got, first of all, you have Elon Musk's blue check system greatly amplifying yes. this lie. Uh, and this shocking lie, and, and a lot of people don't look as closely as, as others do and, and to see whether, it, to be able to tell whether it's AI or whether it's real. Is it live or Memorex? <laughs> you, you, you can, and, and that's the problem yeah. with AI and with the blue check system. Uh, they are both 
tools, weapons, if you will, mm-hmm. for spreading disinformation. And so that's the biggest problem here. And I see this story as the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. This is one of those things where, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of damage done, but you can kind of get a sense of where this could be used to wreak havoc. Uh, We've got a big election coming up, and this is one of the things that I've been thinking about primarily when it comes to how toxic this Twitter blue system uh, that Elon has rolled out because he overpaid for this shithole website can become. Because we have this election coming up, he took over Twitter about the same time Trump declared his candidacy for president. Elon doesn't believe in disinformation. He doesn't even believe it exists. That's a typical right-wing stance, by the way. Uh, That matches what uh, every right-wing Republican will tell you. Exactly right. So from that perspective, do you really think that Elon Musk is going to police his own Twitter blue subscribers for disinformation. No, he needs the eight bucks. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I think he's directly motivated to elevate dictators like Donald Trump. Obviously, we've seen that. We've seen it when it came to uh, Erdogan, for example. Which, by the way, that's the thing that the Krasensteins agreed with. We, we were talking about the Krasensteins uh, before the show. That was the uh, the story that, oh, they, Elon made the right choice when it came to Turkey's elections one. by, yeah. what, blocking those accounts. Even right. though that was, not, no, that was wrong on every level. But uh, regardless, this is the kind of thing that Elon is up to behind the scenes. And when you've got a, a system that amplifies the voices of disinformers as long as they're paying him (laughs) that can create all kinds of problems for the forthcoming election and we know what those problems will be because we've been down this road before this is exactly what happened in 2015 and 2016 with social media it was just it became this breeding ground for disinformation for spreading and circulating disinformation and now that disinformation unlike 2015 and 2016 is going to be supercharged by these Twitter blue subscriptions. It certainly can happen, and you can see how easily people, a significant number of people, fall for it. Just by the number, you'd think Wall Street investors would be a bit more careful about that sort of thing, but no, apparently all they need to see is a false image. And by the way, if the misleading AI post is the canary in the coal mine, uh, then that makes the little blue Twitter bird actually a canary. (laughs) So we didn't know the species (laughs) until now, but now we know the species of the bird is canary. That is Absolutely true. So the other thing you want to bear in mind, too, when it comes to Twitter Blue, is that Meta, and we're talking about Facebook, we're talking about Instagram, have each rolled out their own version of Twitter Blue, where you get the blue check, if you subscribe, you get the blue check, and you get heightened reach. You get turbocharged reach for your posts on Facebook and Instagram if you subscribe. (laughs) So who do you think is going to be using that? Who's going to have an advantage when it comes to spreading disinformation ahead of the 2024 election? So hang on tight. I think the sooner we all agree that this is a serious issue, the sooner we can do what we need to do in order to push back against it. I, I had to chuckle at a personal message I got from somebody uh, on, on Meta. Uh, well, there's a Meta app that, that sort of combines everything that Zuckerberg does. 
And uh, this this person wrote me to say, uh, look, I'm not on Facebook anymore because that place sucks. I'm over here on Instagram now. <laughs> not, not realizing that he jumped out of one frying pan into another frying pan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Twitter sucks. Uh, Facebook sucks. Uh, Instagram sucks. TikTok sucks. We don't have any choice. That's what's there. But just know that they're all dangerous. And, yeah. and going from among those four, going from one to the other won't do you a lot of good. Yeah, and I'm one of those contradictory hypocrites when it comes to the meta Me websites. Too. Yeah, where I've, I'm basically done with Facebook. I promote, sometimes I promote the show on Facebook. I've got my own profile page and a, and a page for the show, right. and I post new episodes there. But beyond that, I'm not really spending a whole lot of personal time on Facebook. But Instagram... I love me some Instagram. That yeah. is uh, one of my favorite places to be, and therein is my contradiction. But I'm aware. I'm aware of what to look out for, and I think the you more we there. are aware of the fact that disinformation is going to flourish on these platforms ahead of 2024. All of them. All yeah, of them. but especially Twitter, and yeah. especially because yeah. of the the what he's done with the blue checks. Oh yeah, yep, and exactly. Just the fact that he's there. So, uh, moving on here, Trump knew that he couldn't keep the documents. We all knew this. I mean, we were always aware of the fact that Trump was just bullshitting when it came to, well, I could just do it with my mind. I could imagine that the documents were all declassified, so that's how they were declassified. We all know that's bullshit, because whatever Donald Trump says is certainly bullshit. Uh, But we now have evidence that is now in the hands of uh, Jack Smith, Proving that he knew, among other things, there are all of these notes that he received from Evan Corcoran, right? Yeah, and uh, there's so much to this. And, uh, you know, I I heard from somebody today who said, uh, yeah, it was uh, somebody was talking about the Fonnie Willis case and uh, how we have a timetable for that now. And uh, somebody said, yeah, but, but what about Jack Smith? What's, is, what's, what's Merrick Garland doing? Yeah. Well, Jack Smith is doing Merrick Garland's work in this particular area. So, uh, you know, there's this still perception out there that the Justice Department, Merrick Garland, aren't doing anything. Oh, my God, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest bombshells of the year dropped last night from uh, The Guardian and The New York Times reporting on uh, what Jack Smith has. And what he has right now, as you just said, Bob, is uh, evidence slash proof that Trump knew. And uh, this goes to another thing, uh, perception that's out there. Uh, People say, well, we've known this for two years. Why is it taking two years to get to this point? Or uh, you can even be as specific as the documents. As soon as the documents case broke, a lot of us said, well, obviously he's been selling and trading those to other countries. Yeah, Well, guess what? There's, there's There's a difference, and we all need to remember, there's a difference in knowing something to be true in your heart and in your mind. You know that he did at the time. We knew that that's what he had done, but there was no proof of that. Right. Now, with the passage of time, there is proof. Mm -hmm. Right. Federal prosecutors have evidence that Trump was put on notice that he could not retain any classified documents after he was subpoenaed for their return last year as they examine whether the subsequent failure to fully comply with the subpoena was a deliberate act of obstruction by the former president. This is all uh, according to reporting, exclusive, I believe, reporting from The Guardian. So last June, Evan Corcoran found roughly 40 classified documents in the storage room at Mar-a-Lago and told the Justice Department that no further materials remained at the property. And that, Mm -hmm. 
That was later shown to be untrue. Uh, right. Translating from journalism speak to real speak, it was a lie is what that was. And after the it, FBI later returned with a warrant and seized 101 additional classified documents. Whoops. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Well, there's there's a lot to this. It's it's first of all obstruction of justice. Yeah. And what you need to know is that uh, I don't know if it was Corcoran or one of the other other attorneys uh, was subpoenaed, was compelled to testify and to turn over documents. Jack Smith has fifty pages, fifty handwritten pages from <laughs> Trump's lawyer about their conversations back and forth, and, and we now have evidence slash proof that uh, Trump was told by his attorney, uh, we've received a subpoena, we have no choice but to, to comply with the subpoena, uh, tell me where to look to, to get this stuff so we can turn mm -hmm. it over. And Trump comes back with, is there some way we can get around this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, he knew every, and it was a lot of back and forth, back and forth of Trump refusing to accept that, that he had to turn this stuff over. Uh, the, between these 50 pages of documents and the video of boxes being moved at Mar-a-Lago, Jack Smith has a specific timeline showing that Trump had those boxes moved and removed before uh, telling the attorney where to look for the documents. So Trump hid this stuff from his attorney. Why is this important? Because you can't lie to even your own attorney. Your attorney, even though they're your attorney, is an officer of the court. And so when you lie to your attorney, you're lying to the court. That is a very serious crime. What we have here, what Jack Smith has here, is proof of obstruction of justice yep. and very likely proof of a violation of a very specific part of the Espionage Act. <laughs> because what Jack Smith is doing now is subpoenaing the business records of the Trump Organization specifically about its dealings with, and we're talking real estate and other deals, its dealings, uh, Trump's dealings with China, France, Kuwait, Oman, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. In the case of Saudi Arabia, it was about his frickin' golf tournament. In the case of France, it was about getting dirt on Macron. In the case of Oman, it was about his Trump building there. Uh, it, it, there's evidence here that Trump, in fact, traded or sold or gave classified documents to foreign countries to help his own business. And Jack Jeez. Smith has the receipts. Jack Smith has the receipts on obstruction of justice here. So it's not just about the lying. It's also about a violation of the Espionage Act, for which Trump could serve up to 10 years in prison for every single document. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear that. That's some yeah. great news. That puts a smile on my face. Wait, hey, what do you think of this? You know, the, uh, Tim uh, Parlatori, uh, Trump's ex-attorney, right. went on, I believe it was CNN, and said something to the effect of, they're not going to indict him for this. They're not going right. to, either whether it's the documents, whether it's January 6th, they're just not going to get him on these things. Uh -huh. um, meantime, Ty Cobb, not the old-timey baseball player, uh. the current Ty Cobb with the funny mustache, 
He says that Trump is definitely going to get indicted over the Mar-a-Lago documents at the very yeah. least. So where yes. do you, what do you what do you think about those assessments? And why do you think Tim Parlatori is like, oh yeah, he's not going to get indicted, but Ty Cobb does he absolutely will get indicted? Well, I don't I don't know where either one of those guys are coming from, really. I mean, yeah. I don't I, I I can't, but I can tell you all I can tell you is what I just told you, and that yeah. is. Uh, Jack Smith has a killer case here. Yeah. And for those who think Merrick Garland isn't doing anything, uh, the DOJ isn't doing anything, that, that, that even Jack Smith isn't doing anything, uh, check out uh, The Guardian and The New York Times from last night and this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you'll find a very different story. Trump is in, and, and uh, you know, my wife said this to me, and I know a lot of you are saying it now. We've heard this before, <laughs> yeah. But 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 we got him. Uh, mm -hmm. There's there, as long as it may take, and as long as it has taken, uh, we're getting there. Yeah. This is this is as close as we've been. This is very real. This is very solid. I, I'm telling you, with these written notes and the videos and the timeline that they produce, uh, makes it very clear that Trump was not only. Uh, not returning the documents as requested, he was actually hiding them. And hiding them is a violation of the Espionage Act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obstruction of justice alone, I think that is yeah. oh, absolutely yeah. something that we're going to see. I mean, I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I say that I think he's going to get indicted on obstruction of justice, the very Definitely. least, when it comes to the Mar-a-Lago classified documents. The very least. Yeah, very, very clear. I, I think January 6th is going to be a more difficult challenge for Jack Smith. That's not to say that Trump won't right. get indicted for that, but... I think it's a much more murky case to make. Murky and complex. Murkier, yeah, yeah. But I think the lines, even on that case, and that's going to be a slower, thicker, longer case, but the lines are already being drawn in that case. Uh, the dots are being connected there. Yeah. And uh, as I said months and months and months ago, eventually you're going to see a link between, say, the Proud Boys and Trump. Yeah, you know, with with people in between, but you'll be able to draw that line if you can't already through uh, that, that that hotel in D.C. I can't remember mm -hmm. the name of it across the street from the White House, yeah. where uh, his war room was set up, uh, where Rudy was. Uh, then uh, finish the line to the White House and and Trump and and uh, Mark Meadows. Uh, this is a, it is going to be a harder case. I, I predict the documents case will come first, and the documents case from what I've seen, is enough to put him away for life. Mm -hmm. And just to be clear, I think that obviously he committed these crimes. I'm not saying that yes. the the criminality is murky. No, I'm no, just saying from yeah. the perspective of Jack Smith, he's got to prove all right. of this and he has to have enough evidence to create an airtight that's, case. And so in that, in that way, yeah. it's a little bit more difficult to thread that needle than it would be for the Mar-a-Lago documents, which is much more clear-cut crime that uh, that we've seen examples of in the past. But this goes to what I was saying before, too, about uh, people say to me, and they're, you're right, oh, we've known this for two years now. Well, yeah, yeah, you knew it and I knew it in our hearts and in our minds, but that's quite a different thing from having an airtight case that will convince a jury, not just mm -hmm. persuade them, but convince a jury to convict. And yeah. uh, that's a whole nother ballgame altogether. That takes time, and that's why it's taken the time to get to where we are today. But uh, look at the doorstep we're standing on here just with the revelation on these uh, documents from Mar-a-Lago. 
Okay, well, in a couple of seconds here, we're going to talk about the latest from E. Jean Carroll and some thoughts, some new thoughts about the CNN town hall. We'll talk about good, that good. In, in just a second here. Plus, uh, maybe a little bit about the 14th Amendment and the debt ceiling and all of that crapola. Good. And, uh, well, whatever else we can get in <laughs> in the remaining minutes of the show. <laughs> so back with more of the podcast right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From England, yeah, this is uh, my friend Dave Barrett and Sub Red Lux. Brand new music. Yeah, one of the things he does, as soon as they churn out another song, they send me a sample. And this is a brand new track from uh, Sub Red Lux called Meatball. I, I don't know if it's about Ron DeSantis, but it very well could be. I haven't I haven't listened it to is. the details of the lyrics yet, but you it know. is now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the great Dave Barrett and uh, brand new project Subred Lux. Link in the description, of course, to add all of this music to your record collection. Just go to bobseska.com. Find this episode dated five twenty three twenty three. That's easy to remember. Click on that link, scroll on down, you'll find links to uh, support both Brian Lissick and his cover of The Replacements, Alex Chilton, and you can also find uh, this brand new track from Sub Red Lux. Awesome. Which is driving and yet ethereal at the same time. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite track from Sub Red Lux so far. Yeah. Very good. Just such good work. All right, excellent. Moving along here on the show as we come to the end for our Tuesday edition, uh, E. Jean Carroll has asked a, a judge to, what, reopen the lawsuit to include Trump's CNN lies? She's she's asked, Tim, uh, and uh, it's not, not the right word here I'm pulling, uh, to amend, perhaps I'll think of okay. the right word in a moment, but basically it is to amend her lawsuit to include the things Trump said the day after 
the judgment that ordered him to pay $5 million for raping and defaming Eugene Carroll. Uh, Trump went on CNN the very next day and said the same things that cost him $5 million the day before. Like an idiot. And the beauty of this, and, and I'm not sure anybody's, uh, we didn't know this initially. We've learned this yeah. over the last 24 hours. This court filing that she's made with the judge who covered the original case, this court filing is asking the judge to impose a commensurate amount of punishment for what he's done. You see, in in the verdict, the verdict was about not only past and present, but future defamation that he might make. And it was, in that sense, a legal warning uh, to Trump uh, because he'd been found guilty of this. It was basically the court's way of saying, we're going to keep an eye on you to make sure you don't continue this defamation. And he went on uh, CNN the next day and continued the defamation. Yeah. So Eugene Carroll is now asking the judge for, on top of the $5 million, on top of the $5 million, <laughs> she wants another $10 million plus... <laughs> Plus punitive damages. <laughs> punitive damages. <laughs> plus, court, plus court costs. <laughs> none, yeah. of this is, none of this is cheap. So we're talking, uh, I, you know, I have no idea. We're talking an, an additional $20, 25000000 million that, that she's asking for here. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what the total would come. But, uh, you know, the, the, the original settlement was $3 million for this and $2 million for that, so she gets $5 million. Uh, this one's going to be $10 million for the additional defamation and then however other millions on top of that for uh, punitive damages to try to <laughs> persuade him not to do it again. Yeah. And and that's apparently going to have to be a high number because he's shown that he's inclined to do it again. Uh, and, and then, of course, the court costs, which even in Trump's case, uh, can't be cheap. Of course, his mega supporters are paying that bill. Yeah, of course, of course. But I, I love the idea of Eugene Carroll saying, oh, you lied about me again? Yoink, I'll take some more money. Thank you very much. You might as right. well just give me your uh, checkbook, Donald, and I'll just I'll take it over here and just sign a bunch of the checks and I'll just fill in <laughs> the dollar uh, amounts there. The team, the the team of lawyers working uh, for Eugene Carroll on this and really on behalf of all Americans uh, in, in this case, uh, studied it and determined that uh, rather than file a new lawsuit uh, based on the language in the original court uh, decision uh, that that wasn't necessary that all they had to do was go back and ask show the judge the evidence uh, what he said the next the very next day and ask for another 10 million dollars plus punitive plus costs yeah and now I'm wondering too whether or not this CNN town hall really was a bad thing you know <laughs> right, I'm I know, beginning right? to rethink my take on the CNN town hall given well, the fact that this has emerged from it right yeah I, here's my position I yeah. still am not going to give CNN a break or, or the benefit of the doubt on this they provided a 70 minute free platform for a man who's a court documented sex abuser uh, for a man who's uh, a, a, an accused felon uh, a, a man who's subject to a number of other investigations uh, to treat him like a normal politician and to give him that free 70 minutes on the air yeah. uh, there's no forgiving ever for me CNN for sure. what they did there uh, but did something good come out of it as often happens with bad things uh, yeah absolutely he got himself in more trouble 
this will cost him tens of millions of dollars before it's all over. And if he doesn't keep his mouth shut, it'll cost even more than that. But I think you're going to find a shut-up point uh, the higher the price tag goes. Now, see, I'm always in favor of anything that causes Donald Trump pain. And if right. this is going to cause Donald Trump pain, oh, it does. fine, I'll kind of renege a little bit on my take about the CNN town hall. I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. Obviously, I still, as you said, I still disagree with normalizing this yeah. guy and, and pretending as though he's just a regular politician who fell off the turnip truck and decided, hey, I'm going to throw my hat into that politics the, ring. The, the, the only way I can forgive CNN is if they uh, also make a, a great turnabout at some yeah. point, and I yeah. don't see that happening. No. This uh, Zasloff or whatever his name is, <laughs> who was, uh, yeah, who was yeah. speaking at uh, BU, and, and people were chanting, pay your writers, pay your writers, because they were supporting the striking writers, because he also owns uh, Discovery Warner or Warner Discovery or whatever it is that yeah. killed HBO last night. Uh, uh, he recently said uh, very proudly of CNN, which he also now owns, uh, Republicans are back on the air at CNN. Oh, fuck that. He excitedly announced that Republicans are back on the air at CNN. Uh, no. No. No, I, 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 I can never forgive them. But did something good come out of that? Well, certainly I think Eugene Carroll thinks so. Yeah, Zaslov, I don't understand this decision with rebranding HBO Max. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, no, but it no, doesn't no. doesn't make any sense that it's I sad. mean HBO is one of the most golden brands in all of television. It's one of those things that goes back to the late 70s early 80s practically where 70s, it, yeah. Yeah, it was like the the gold standard for cable television. It was the thing that Oh my God, if you were staying at a hotel that had HBO as part right. of its cable channel lineup, that was like a special event. I yeah, mean, the you number were in of luxury. Yeah. yeah. The the shows that have aired on HBO over the years have also been the gold standard of television. And yeah. to change the branding from HBO to Max, which is like right. the shorthand for that Cinemax. sort of third tier <laughs> cable network right. Cinemax, yeah. Why on earth? There has to be, from a logical perspective, there has to be some sort of legal reason they're doing this or something behind the know. scenes that we don't know about. It doesn't make any sense at all. But they don't trust this guy. And, yeah. and uh, I, don't, I can't trust CNN as long as it's under his rule, as long as Discovery is running the place, yeah. uh, because that, that place is a mess. I, I just I can't trust him anymore. But, yeah, something good did come out of that, certainly for, for E. Jean Carroll and really for all of us since, at this point, E. Jean Carroll doesn't need anything else. E. Jean Carroll, honestly, is doing this and her lawyers and her team of lawyers yeah. are doing this for us. Yeah. They're doing it for the rest of the country. Right. Uh, and and uh, I'm I'm exceptionally grateful for what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely a patriotic thing. Um, yeah. One last thing here before we wrap up. Uh, a brief word about the 14th Amendment and yes. whether the president will use that to uh, lift the debt ceiling. And per- perhaps permanently. Now, what, I'm right. ne- what I mean when I say that is Richard Haas. We all know Richard Haas. He's an analyst for MSNBC. He's a foreign policy expert and so on. He uh, warned against this. He warned against Joe Biden using the 14th Amendment to lift the debt ceiling, mm-hmm. saying that a future Republican president would then reciprocate by doing the same. And my response to that is, yeah, so what? So what if a future Republican president does it? It takes it off the table. It takes the brinkmanship off the table 
permanently in so that sense. So it can sense. never again be used by either yeah. party, although I only know of one that actually does it. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, right. if a future Republican president invokes the 14th Amendment to lift the debt ceiling, fine with me. We shouldn't right. be monkeying with uh, a credit default like this, an the economic f- calamity. It's maddening. I, I don't like, the, I like a lot of progressives, I don't like the fact that Biden has been negotiating with these terrorists who are holding yeah. uh, the world's economy, the world's economy <laughs> the hostage. The world, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I it, it's disgusting to me what they're doing, and I'm disappointed largely. I understand his heart's in, a, in the right place, but disappointed in Biden for engaging in negotiations with these guys. Uh, although I will say uh, one positive thing about the negotiations is uh, one of the things they're talking about now is uh, Biden's agreeing to, like, hold spending on certain areas, but also and only on the condition that we get uh, new taxes on the rich to help pay for all this. Yeah. And and that's where Republicans are drawing the line. They're saying, no, you can't. So uh, this uh, the 14th Amendment, absolutely, which says the nation's debt is real and the bills have to be paid. Uh, and, and I don't understand why it hasn't been invoked already. Uh, we need to end this debt ceiling madness uh, and, and, the, and, and end the possibility, remove it as a weapon uh, to hold the world's economy hostage. And I think one of the reasons why this has become a point of conversation about the 14th Amendment is it serves a strategic purpose. It telegraphs to Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know what, fuck around and find out. If you don't give me what I want, I'm the president. If you don't give me what I want and what is right when it comes to these negotiations, I'm just going to go over here to the nuclear option and pull this trigger because I can. And you know what's going to happen? The courts may freak out about it, but it'll be too late for the courts to do anything about it because it's right there. Yeah, it's right there in the 14th Amendment. And we will have already stopped a default by that time. And yes. That's, that's yes. really the important thing. I, You know, I, it, I think he has to use it. I, I don't I, I don't understand. And, and I saw, and I didn't understand, a right-winger posted, uh, you know, I dare you. I dare you to invoke the 14th. Go ahead, invoke the 14th Amendment and see yeah. what happens. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know what, you know, that was the end of the threat. We don't know what happens if we invoke the 14th. So, yeah, yeah let's go ahead and do it and find out. I don't see a downside. I just no, don't see a downside. If the only either. downside is mutually assured destruction, both right. the Republicans and Democrats using right. the 14th Amendment to lift the debt ceiling, of course that's a positive. That's an overwhelmingly positive thing. Taking that off the table is, to me, the best possible side effect of these negotiations. That is the best case scenario, that that just goes away as a thing. Because monkeying with the world economy like this is just not healthy. The very process of the brinkmanship itself, let's say we don't default, they come up with a deal. The very process of this argle-bargle, this back and forth, that destabilizes things. That puts oh. everyone on tenterhooks and going, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Oh, it's that, that thing I kept talking about during the Trump right. years of leaning right. too far back in your chair and catching <laughs> yourself I'm... just before you fall over. Yeah. And it makes more sense to me now than it ever has before. The world is nervous and the stock market is starting to show nervousness over this as well. Yeah. Even coming close to this, uh, it can't be allowed. Invoke the 14th now, please. Okay, so coming up on the big Shadow Docket episode for today on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Show. A little bit about uh, no labels and Operation Chaos and our friend Harlan Crow 
Uh, we're going to talk about that. Plus, uh, let's see what else here. Can we talk about Ron DeSantis? Can we have? Because I this is yes. one of my favorite topics. These yes, days. lots about yeah. Ron DeSantis and his Good. awful public appearances this past week. Plus, uh, oh my God, the NAACP has issued a travel advisory for uh, your state of Florida, and yeah, yeah. So, lots to say about that. Please, yes. Plus, another list that doesn't include me. I, I don't know why. I, I try really hard to get onto these lists of things, and uh, still Bob, not on this someday. list. We'll talk about what that list is. Suffice to say, it's in the context of uh, sanctions. We talk about that. Plus, a little bit about last night's White House plumbers on Max or HBO or HBO <laughs> Max or whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh-huh. Got to talk about last night's White House plumbers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Continues I- to be amazing. All right. I look forward to it. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you.